It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along on, as somebody pointed out to Ken, I just spotted a, a text in earlier to Ken about today's date, today's date, 22nd of February 2002. And today's date, if you write it down in numbers, is a one digit palindrome. 22nd 02-2022. Read it backwards. And it's also today's date, 22 02-2022. A one digit palindrome will only happen again on the 30th of the 3rd, 2003 and it will never again happen after that. So we have, we have reached the second last palindrome ever on the a calendar. There's one for you to write down and it could come up on a, a table quiz one of these days. John Paul taking your calls at 0818 let's stick with the numbers 0818 103 103. You can text your WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Looking forward to your thoughts and comments throughout the morning. Please, gorgeous, gorgeous photographs in nearly all of the papers today of little Adam King, King, little Adam came into all of our lives with his virtual hug. Remember on the Late Late Toy Show a couple of years ago and he is spotted on all of the papers dressed very, very smartly indeed with a lovely little shirt and tie on him and a little waistcoat and he's got a little handkerchief in his waistcoat pocket just looking gorgeous and the reason that he's making all of the papers today is he's joined forces with On Post and he wants to send messages of love and friendship around the world for St. Patrick's Day as and from yesterday, two and a half million Adam's virtual hug postcards gathering either the message a hug for you in Irish or in English are now available for sending at post offices around uh, the country. You can pick up the I'm assuming what they're doing is they're giving out the postcards for free. You just have to pop a stamp on it then and send love and greetings to friends and families right around the globe. And for every hug sent, on post will donate donate a portion of every stamp purchased to Temple Street Hospital, the Children's Health Foundation and the Cork University Hospital uh, Charities. I tell you, Adam King's dad and family are great the way they get Adam involved in a lot of these commercial ventures and there's always a charity element to it and charities and hospitals in particular that have benefited Adam to date and no doubt will benefit him into the future are always Selected. So well done. But there's just he's such an adorable little child. So if you're planning on sending greetings to loved ones,
Independence this St. Patrick's Day. Why not consider one of little Adam King's a hug for uh, you? And can I send on our deepest, deepest sympathies to Joe Duffy and indeed all of Joe Duffy's family? Because yesterday they announced with great sadness the death of Joe's mother, Mabel, who died on Sunday at Kiltipper Woods Care Centre and she was 92. The statements said that... uh, Joe Duffy, Mrs. Duffy was surrounded by her loving family at the time. And of course, she's predeceased by her husband, Jimmy Duffy, who died back in 1984. Uh, Mabel Duffy lived in the family home in Ballyfermot up until recently. She was living independently, but recently she had to go into a care uh, centre. And Joe Duffy has always credited his mother with helping to keep him grounded despite all of the years of success. And he's quoted as saying, I'm not likely to ever lose the run of myself. Why? My mother Mabel says to me, you're never as good as they say you are, just as you're never as bad as they say you are either. Just keep a grip and stay grounded. What a great piece of uh, advice. And of course, the the family, they've had their own share of uh, tragedies. She buried her youngest son back in the early 90s. He was just 25, her son Aidan. He was sadly killed in a road uh, traffic accident. And Joe Duffy only lately on his radio programme, certainly throughout the pandemic, would reference and talk about his mother quite a lot. When the pandemic first started and older people were asked to cocoon and obviously his mum fell into that uh, category. He was very worried about her and other older people about this cocooning and being forced to stay away from people and being forced to stay away from social activities. You know, and in particular, he spoke about her missing a routine of, you know, going to mass regularly or going to the hairdressers and going out to meet up with her uh, friends. And she's going to be buried tomorrow morning in the local church in Bally uh, Farmers. May she rest in peace. Uh, Mabel Duffy, and as I say, deepest, deepest sympathies to Joe and the rest of his family. 0818. 103103 and an email to the programme picking up on a piece that I mentioned yesterday about when you're at home chatting or you're on the phone talking to somebody and you'll speak about something that you hadn't looked up on the internet and suddenly you'll pick up your phone or you'll pick up your tablet, your iPad, whatever you have and ads will start to pop up on social media or some website that you're looking at for the very thing that you've just been talking about. There's that theory there are our phones listening to us? Now, all of the high-tech companies say, absolutely not. We do not listen to you. We're not recording you. We're not looking out for keywords in your conversation. They rather say that the ads that pop up are to do with our internet uh, searches. But we've all had the suspicion that you're suddenly just talking about something you know hand on heart you haven't looked up anything on the internet and lo and behold, the very thing you were talking about, suddenly there's ads for it uh, appear or deals appear for the item that you were considering. Well, Michael emails, good morning, Patricia. I was only listening to your repeat programme last night when you were chatting about our mobile phones and are they listening in on our conversations? Well, some months ago now, my friend and I were chatting on the phone. My friend was inquiring about roofing repairs. The main thrust of our conversation was to do with contractors who might be available to do work. As we were in semi-lockdown at the time and catching up with repair jobs and the backlog of jobs 
that needed to be completed. My other phone was switched off but it was plugged into the wall socket in the room next door. Later now, much later in the afternoon, when I went to switch on the other phone, there was about 15 different pop-ups waiting for this. They were ads for roofing repairs. I can't help feeling it's not the phones but maybe some form of technology on our power lines. Love listening. Uh, every, uh, may I wish everyone wellness and peace Love and light, hugs and blessings. What a lovely way to end an email. Thank you. And that is from Michael. Yeah, Michael, listen, the tech companies can tell us hand on heart that they are not recording us. But when coincidence and things like that happen, you start to think, hmm, Maybe they are. But I mentioned that today's date is a palindrome. A listener sent it in to us 2202-2022. If you read it backwards, it's still 2202-2022. Ian in McCroom says, regarding the numerical palindrome, does that mean today is Tuesday? And then he puts in bracket, not mine, saw it online. You're very honest, Ian. Yesterday is Tuesday as well. Thank you for your uh, text. And Bridget and Donnerell was on to say she was listening to the programme yesterday where I mentioned the E111 cards if you're travelling to anywhere in Europe and of course because we haven't been travelling in the last two years you need to check your E111 card to make sure that it is in date and when I checked I needed to renew mine in Marsha very easy I was able to do it online and it was a very simple procedure and they say they'll have it out to me in 10 days but I, I gave it I mentioned it yesterday just to put a warning out to other people if you are travelling to remember things like that we've been constantly banging on about checking your passports that they're in date things like travel insurance but don't forget your E111. Well, Bridget and Donnerell, it got her thinking, where are their E111 cards? So she went looking for them, checked hers. Lo and behold, hers was out of date as well. But Bridget got married since she got her first E111 card. So she needed a change of surname on hers as well. She said she rang the health centre in Mallow. They took all the details and they're going to issue the card to her. So Bridget said, just to let people know, you can ring the HSE health centre as well, which, which is good to know particularly with what we were talking about yesterday that not everybody does everything online because I remember when E111s first came out and they're actually called something else now they're not even called E111s sure not. and it was an actual physical piece of paper you used to have to bring with you that was stamped by your local HSE, I think it was the health boards at the time and you used to have to call in in person with all of the information so that's why being able to do things like that over the phone or being able to do them online does make life a little bit more easy for a lot of people so that's good to know if people have a query about their health card for travelling abroad I must get the correct name for it. I keep, uh, even though when I googled E111, it still came up as the E111 card. So I was able to uh, find it. But thank you for that, uh, Bridget. And good to know that I prompted you to check your card so that yours will now be in date. Can anybody help us with this? A listener was on to us yesterday and we just checked this with the Gardaí in Dunmanway and they confirmed that it did happen. They are looking for information, please, to do with a dark black coloured van. Now, they're not exactly sure of the make and model of the van, but it's around the size of a Volkswagen Transporter or a Ford Transit. And they're looking for anybody who spotted it or may have dash cam footage of it heading up Castle Street in Dunmanway 
on Sunday night at around five past twelve, so just past midnight Sunday into Monday morning. If anybody knows the owner of that black, dark coloured van, or if you are the owner of that bar- black, dark coloured van, would you please make contact with the Gardaí? Because unfortunately, the van uh, w- now the van will have damage on the passenger side on the front, and it was last seen heading in the directory of the. Piggery. The reason we're mentioning it, it was involved in a hit and run that has seriously injured uh, one of our listeners' family member and the actual person is lucky to be alive. And if anybody has any information, you're please asked to contact the Dunmanway Garda station on 023 Double eight five six one two two oh two three double eight five six one two two. Now that dark coloured van possibly back might also present because there would have been damage done to the passenger side of it at the front. It may also present into a garage if it raises any suspicions. The Dunmanway Garda station but what I would really like to think is the person driving that van may come forward themselves please and thank you to John Paul. It's called the European Health Insurance Cards, the old E111s the European Health Insurance Card. Thank you for that. That's our from our John Paul on 0818 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie We're constantly hearing from listeners who are having difficulties accessing a dentist under the general medical card system with so many dentists nationwide having left the scheme in the last number of years. So to discuss research from the Irish Dental Association which suggests medical card holders could be issued with vouchers for dental care I'm joined by the head of the dental Association, Fintan Howrahan. Good morning to you, Fintan. Hello, Patricia. And you're welcome to, uh, to the programme. Now, you commissioned this piece of research. Can you outline how this dental credit scheme would operate? Yes, well, I suppose it would be a marked change from what we currently have where patients simply present if they are eligible with the medical card to a participating dentist uh, on where there are severe restrictions on the treatments that they can receive some cases they need permission from the HSE for certain treatments. So what this new report suggests is that we should simplify matters, that there will be a voucher or credit type system introduced where patients will be given essentially funds worth a certain value towards meeting the cost of their dental treatment. Obviously, you know, it would uh, require dentists to, to sign up to a scheme. There hasn't been any discussion as of yet on such a scheme. But we commissioned an independent health economist, Professor Kieran O'Neill, to look at the problem, to look at alternative models. And this is something he has recommended. It's, it's worked in other countries and we think it certainly deserves serious consideration in talks with the Department of Health. Because the big problem are the participating dentists, because so many have left. That's correct. In Cork and throughout the whole of the country, there has been an exodus of dentists from the scheme for lots of reasons. Uh, they would include the fact that uh, there are restrictions on the treatments that they can provide to patients, that in many instances they require permission to provide certain treatments, that those many treatments aren't covered by the scheme, but also the fact that their costs aren't being covered by the fees they're paid to treat the patients. So there's a serious problem with the existing scheme. We don't see that tweaking the existing scheme is going to work 
and it's certainly not going to bring dentists back into the scheme. So I think a new approach is required and we hope that this can be negotiated sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, the existing scheme, it's, it's outdated and it literally isn't fit for purpose. No, it's not. I mean, when you have a scheme which says you can have a maximum of two fillings a year, you can have as many extractions as you want, there'll be restrictions on other treatments that are not included or you need permission for the dentist to, be, to uh, provide those treatments to you. I mean, in this day and age, that's entirely inappropriate. Dentists aren't happy with it and patients aren't happy with it. Well, I just think the one that you can have two fillings and as many extractions as you like is then saying to dentists that they are extracting a tooth that could have been saved with a filling. Well, absolutely. And dentists don't want, I mean, any scheme should be about prevention. Everyone wants to keep their teeth. Um, But there are lots of other preventative treatments as well that aren't available Scale and polish isn't available. Uh, lots of other treatments aren't available under the scheme. So I think we have to move away from a scheme where the state is telling dentists what treatments to offer patients or to tell patients what treatments they're going to cover in a scheme. Yeah, what always frustrates me whenever I look into to this one is they would never tell doctors what's, what you can do and can't do with a patient. Why? So therefore, why are they allowed to do it with dentists? Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it was a, a very different scheme. Uh, it, it's a very old scheme at this stage, but what was, I suppose, a fatal blow to the scheme were the changes that were introduced uh, about 10 years ago, which were never reversed, and has made it, you know, essentially an emergency pain relief scheme, which is those nothing to prevent problems, um, and is something that dentists are not happy about, and certainly patients are being short-served as a result. And as I said in my introduction, you know, we will constantly hear from listeners who only become aware that there's an issue with the medical card scheme when they go to access a dentist. Are there areas that there's no dentist available to a medical card holder? Well, there are many towns uh, around the county and around the country where there might be just one dentist left. Uh, In some towns, there may be none. And and we, we hear of patients having to travel further to get an appointment or have and have to wait longer. Obviously, those dentists who remain in the scheme are being contacted by ever greater numbers of patients, and it's it, it's a circle, you know, which, which perpetuates the problem. And you know, we, we're aware from my discussions with you and uh, other stations across the country, and indeed the politicians, that this is something people are becoming increasingly agitated about. So something needs to be done quickly. And do you know, have the government any plans to reform the medical card scheme for dental work? Well, what the current minister says is that he accepts that there is a problem with the scheme and that he wants a new scheme to be introduced. He says that uh, his officials will uh, be ready in the second quarter of this year, so I suppose any time from April onwards, to begin discussions with us on a new scheme. Uh, we hope that that comes to pass. We hope it will happen sooner, but that's what we've been told as of now. And in the meantime, we have a huge section of society whose oral health is deteriorating. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, what has been happening over the last number of years is that those who can least afford access to, to dental care are the ones who are suffering the most. Uh, in many instances, they have the bigger problems to start with. So, you know, dentists have said, and we've asked them, and they believe 95% of them told us, we believe there should be some state assistance for patients to access the dentist. So dentists want to see those patients. But yes, as you say, the people who are suffering to a far greater extent are those who have the greatest need. And more than ever, there is really an urgent need to move to preventative treatments. 
Absolutely, because, you know, once a tooth is lost, it's gone forever. So uh, in this day and age, it is possible lots of preventative treatments uh, to save a tooth and to have good oral health. And we all know good oral health is essential for good general health. Okay, so this um, independent piece of research that that you did, are you sending that on to the Department of Health? We have provided copies to the Department of Health and to the HSE, and we've circulated to all the political parties. Okay, let's let's, let's uh, wait and see. Uh, does something get done and sooner rather than later, for sure? Listen, Fintan, thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the program. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning to you. That is uh, Fintan Harahan, who is the head of the Irish Dental Association. The dentists themselves desperately trying to come up with some solution because they say it's one of those ongoing things that we will regularly hear from listeners and it's only when something goes wrong and the person is on a medical card and they realise that there isn't a dentist available or if there is a dentist available they're not taking on any more medical card patients but so many. I think we've roughly half have left the what were in the general medical card scheme half the dentists have now left and and obviously as it continues more and more dentists will leave if the department don't move in and come up with some kind of a new contract for the dentists and at the end of the day it's the patients who are suffering 0818103103 John Paul taking your calls you can text our WhatsApp to 086 to 103 103 and thank you to Pat and Balancolic I've just spotted a WhatsApp in from Pat when we were talking about today's date uh, being a palindrome in that you read the numbers front and backwards they both read the same way 22nd 02 2022 read it backwards and it reads the very same way so it's a numerical palindrome Pat and Balancolic wants to point out that today's date is also an ambigram in other words, it reads the same upside down. Now, ambigram, new word on me, I have to say. And of course, I had to write down 2202-2022 and then turn it upside down. And it does read the same upside down. So thank you. It's not only a numerical palatal, it is also an ambigram. God, this programme, we're great for finding out new facts every single day. Facts that we'll have forgotten about in a week's time. But for today, the word of today, it's like Wordle, is ambigram. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Win €4,000. C103's Four Play for 4K. Listen for these four songs back to back in this order. This order. One. Bon Jovi. Two. Adele. Three. Whitney Houston. Four. Ed Sheeran. A bad habit sleep to late night. When they play back-to-back in that order, be caller 103 to win €4,000. Remember the number. 0818-103-103. Four play for 4K. Listen and win. With McCroom Motors, where your journey to electric begins with the full range of Toyota self-charging hybrid vehicles. See macroommotors.com. Only on C103. And when you grow up, I'll tell you about the time I left Blanky on the bus dropped your giraffe down the loo and put Mr. Fluffy in the dryer where he completely lost all his fluff. But you'll forgive me when I tell you how I used Caldecine at every change because Caldecine helps protect your soft, tender skin from nappy rash, keeping you comfy and dry for mums who know what really matters. 
Caldecine. Tender care at every change. Caldecine medicated powder contains calcium undesalinate. Always read the label. Leia Healthcare is always a beat ahead. And with access to more hospitals, consultants and urgent care clinics, our members can be too. That's why when you join or renew with Leia Healthcare, you can now go online and book a cardiac heartbeat screening in any one of our health and well-being clinics. At Leia Healthcare, we're making our members better before they're even ill. Call or switch online today. Insurance provided by Elips Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Additional access is dependent on holding private medical insurance. Cardiac screening available to members 12 years and over. Urgent care available to over 12 months. Consultants subject to their availability. Leaders Menswear in Cork City cater for men of all sizes with the very best quality brands. Choose from a range of sizes in sustainable, casual, formal, workwear and more. Leaders Menswear are Cork's leading king-size menswear store with a Range of sizes from medium through to 8XL in selected products. Leaders Menswear is an age action friendly store with lots of local parking. For expert personal advice, shop in store on North Main Street or online at leadersmenswear.ie. If you're moving house or office but don't know where to start, Everfresh Solutions are here for you. From removal and relocation services to residential and commercial moves, from house moves to office moves or equipment or furniture transfer, no job is too big or too small. Moving house or changing premises can be a lot of hassle. So pick a professional, dependable company to take care of everything. Make moving a stress-free experience. Visit everfreshsolutions.com today. Caldecine helps prevent nappy rash. Comforting for her, reassuring for you. Caldecine, tender care at every change. Caldecine medicated powder contains calcium undesalinate. Always read the label. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 And just on the dental issue that we spoke with the Irish Dental Association, a listener says, I'm sick of not being able to get a dentist on my medical card. No dentist operating the medical card scheme in Canturk or in Mill Street and I simply can't afford to go private. What a service. And that's exactly the issue that the dentists in this country are trying to uh, highlight. Now, a number of women have spoken to the Irish Examiner about being offered accommodation at low or reduced rent with the expectation that sex or bed sharing will be part of the arrangement. Anne Murphy, journalist with the Irish Examiner, joins me with more on this story. Good morning to you, Anne. Hi, Patricia. And you're, you're welcome. Now, you've written extensively about this issue during your time with the Echo and now since you've moved uh, to the Examiner. As the housing crisis is worsening, is this type of offer sex for rent becoming more common do you think? It seems to be, um, no it, it's very common in the UK um, we know that between um, March 2020 and January 2021 that 30,000 women in the UK were propositioned in that way and we know that from a survey carried out by a British um, housing charity called Shelter we don't have any um, a survey like that but from work that um, we have been looking at in the Irish Examiner it is clear that it seems to be something that is increasing now not like in in, in the earlier um, pieces that we have done it referenced the ads that were being placed on a number of websites offering these arrangements but what we have also uncovered now is that people who are responding to what seem normal ads um, offering um, a room share or um, a house for rent um, are 
resulting in messages being sent back to the to the female applicants um asking them for photographs of themselves before they could even see the property or um asking them um to come alone to to view the property um telling them that it would be a bed share arrangement not just a room share but a bed share arrangement with the male landlord um we have one case of a woman who um responded to an ad on a on a, in a normal website, not not a Facebook group or, or anything, which a lot of these ones are on at the moment is Facebook groups. But one person that we've spoken to responded to an ad, which appeared totally normal, um, offered a room at um, a property in Watford for €55 Euros a week. Um, the lady moved in, bought her stuff and had her boyfriend over um, to help her move in. It became apparent um, fairly immediately that the um, her future landlord was um, jealous, possibly, of her boyfriend. Told her that she would not be allowed to have female visitors over, or she would be allowed to have female visitors over, but she would not be allowed to have male visitors. And she became uncomfortable um, with this, and then she became even more uncomfortable in the marriage that the landlord didn't want her to have a, a key for her room. And when she um, pressured on this. He eventually gave in, but said that he would also have a key for the same room so that he could go into the room whenever he wanted to. Um, and then he told her basically that sex was expected and that she didn't need a boyfriend um, because that they would be living as a couple. And he had told his landlord, because he was actually subletting to, to his prospective tenant, he told his landlord that his girlfriend was to be moving in. That's so incredible. It, it's actually a lot more, um, I suppose, uh, creepy, I suppose is one word, um, it, but it's, it's a lot more um, secretive and discreet than putting an ad in and saying that, she, as we had uncovered in, in December, saying that friends with benefits arrangements were offered, um, that that at least was mentioned in some ads, um, but in other ads we're seeing now, people are responding to what seems to be a normal rent That's offer. That's much more sinister because then the fear is that you've got young women putting themselves into very vulnerable situations without even, without even realising it. And international students are, are a target and to me much more vulnerable as they're not going to have family around. No, and obviously as well, um, language difficulties and language barriers um, are a problem and sometimes there's a mistrust of authority so um, in, in their home countries and so people aren't willing to come forward and report these incidents. But we have spoken to five different uh, women um, from abroad who have moved to Ireland recently. Um, in one case, um, four different women in Limerick um, were offered um, a situation where they would have to share a bed with the male landlord, um, which they didn't realise when they were responding to the ad. Um, in uh, the case of an Italian woman who moved over here in October to Dublin, she had no problems in October, but when she needed to find somewhere else in December, um, she discovered that things had become a lot more um, sinister, if you call it that. She um, had put um, a notice on Facebook groups looking for um, looking for a new place to stay, and she got three offers um, within two to three weeks, offering her um, sexual favours or asking her for photographs of herself before she'd even move in. Um, she has been horrified by what she's seen and she said that when she moved from um, the south of Italy um, to Ireland that she thought that she was coming um, to a better life here um, and that she has ended up 
um, you know, being in a very vulnerable position. And luckily, she has managed to find somewhere to stay now. Um, but she said that if if she hadn't been, or if somebody else in a, a more desperate situation was confronted with these messages, would they have any other option but to move into such a situation? Is it against the law to offer a room in exchange for sexual favours? When we initially ran the story in December, the Housing Minister, Darrell O'Brien, appealed to people, offered um, such propositions to come forward and report to the guards. But it has now emerged in correspondence to the um, Oireachtas Committee on Housing um, from the guards that there is no um, record at the moment of uh, complaints made to them. But this is because of two reasons. Number one, there's um, the categorisation does not um, apply in the Garda Pulse system, so it's very hard to find if if there is um you know if there have been any complaints made, it's very hard to figure out what category it would have fallen into. But I, in the doll on Thursday, Minister for Justice Helen McEntee actually confirmed that there is no legislation covering the practice of sex for rent at the moment. In the UK, there is it falls under prostitution legislation, but not here. For, but but it isn't prostitution either. I mean, it's I mean, falling under prostitution makes it look like that the girl is a prostitute. Yes, and and that's that's the issue here. Our prostitution legislation specifically says um, prostitute is the word used in that. So it do, it obviously doesn't cover situations where sex is solicited from um, somebody who is not working in the sex trade. So at the moment, the Attorney General Paul Gallagher has. Um, come back to the uh, Departments of Housing and Justice with advice, which is currently being examined by officials in both departments. Um, Minister McEntee said in the Dáil last Thursday that she did want this to be outlawed, um, and so it is expected that legislation will either be amended or brought in to deal with the practice. I mean, to me, it's a form of sexual abuse because I mean, if the, because obviously the the female isn't willingly consenting. The female is in a situation where she feels she may feel she has no other choice. Yes, and that's something that the Rape Crisis Network of Ireland has spoken to the examiner about today. Um, that is an issue that they have raised because that if somebody feels that they have no other option than to move into this situation, they're not freely and willingly um, um, engaging in sexual activity because they want to. They're doing it because it's a necessity to put a roof over their heads. So there, there probably is a real fear out there that some females so desperate for accommodation have already actually agreed to this. Yes, the, 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 I have spoken to one person who did actually um, end up in such a situation um, a, a number of years ago. Um, she managed to get herself out of it. But it has happened and there are many people in that situation who would be too afraid to come forward and admit to it. Um, they also feel that they need to stay in those situations because they have no other option. They don't have the money to afford the high rents that we have in Ireland at the moment. And so they, they feel that the best thing that they can do is just to stay in those situations and say nothing. That's just shocking. This is just absolutely shocking. And I'm assuming as well there's an embarrassment factor as well that there would be some women would be too embarrassed to admit that the lengths they've gone to to put a roof over yes, their heads. To, yes, indeed. Okay, all right. Well done. Uh, great reporting. So you, we're, we're hopeful now that something will happen. Yes, no, it will be a very difficult area to legislate for because um, 
what happens in these arrangements is that they are not contractual arrangements. They are not um, legal, um, you know, tenancy agreements. So it's very difficult to find out what area it falls under. The advertising of it is one thing that um, Sinn Féin Housing Spokesman uh, Ona Brain wants to address. That is being addressed in the UK at the moment with the online safety bill there. But that the, both areas of the, the actual arrangements themselves and advertising of the arrangements has to be examined here clearly before there's um, any focus on in implementing any legislation around the area. Yeah, but as you've outlined there, the the initially people were advertising, you know, friends with benefits. What's much more sinister is somebody, what looks like a genuine ad to rent a room and then when the person presents her in that case in Waterford, when that poor girl moved in, she only discovered what was expected of her. And that case was actually quite frightening because she moved out immediately after finding out what was expected of her and went to work the following day. And at work the following day, she was on her lunch break and actually saw that man having come to her workplace to find her. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. All right. Listen, great reporting as always. And uh, thank you for that. And uh, thanks thanks, uh, for joining us. That is Anne Murphy of the Irish Examiner. And shocking to think that that is going on. But my fear is because people are desperate with the housing crisis we are currently in, that there will be some women who will be just so desperate because of work commitments or study commitments that they may find themselves in a very, very vulnerable position. And it's, you know, all tied in with our whole housing crisis. I was reading something at the weekend of a couple. They're a young Spanish couple who have, who are over here in Ireland working. Now, unfortunately, they're in Dublin and we know how expensive the housing market is in Dublin and they're in a house share at the moment but they have to move out of the house share because the house has been sold and they've gone around the area of Dublin where they ideally would like to live and they've put flyers up on in windows of shops and on electricity poles saying you know we're desperately in need of accommodation and they've put up on it they both have good jobs they've put up on it how much they are willing to pay and they've put up on the these ads that they're willing to pay a thousand euro a month for a bedroom in a, in a shared housing arrangement or they will be willing to pay three and a half thousand euro for a three-bedded house. Their plan there would be that they'd get other people, they'd rent out the other uh, two rooms. But I mean, just staggering amount of money they're willing to put in for rent and they still can't manage to get accommodation. Anne says, oh, Patricia, horrified listening to Anne Murphy, the journalist with the Irish Examiner, uh, listening to that lady uh, talk about landlords looking for sexual favours. I would hope that something can be done to stop this abuse because call it out for what it is, it is uh, abuse. And somebody else says, thank you, Anne, somebody else making the same point. This is very sick. This is sexual uh, abuse. You could almost call those women sex slaves. No women should be subjected to this. People need to speak up and put a stop to it. It is a pure sin, says this uh, texter. Yeah, and the big problem with this a woman offered either accommodation for low or no rent in return for either sex or bed sharing with the landlord. The big problem with it, as is identified by Anne Murphy in the examiner today, we don't have current laws. So that could be one of the reasons. I don't know if people have gone to the Gardaí or not, or maybe that's what we need women to do. We need It does need to be called out when a woman is propositioned in this way, either by seeing an ad. But you see, initially people were putting ads up saying straight out that it was 
sex for rent. But now, obviously, people are cop- copping on to that saying, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to get people to apply. So what they're now doing to me is much more sinister. They're hooking people in with what seems to be a low rent. And then when the person moves in, as what happened in Waterford, it's them that the landlord presents and said, well, actually, the reason that you're getting the rent so low are I can knock money further off the rent if you'd agree to X, Y, y and Z. We need changes to the law. And that's where our Minister for Justice, Helen McIntyre, is coming in and, and is going to, to look at it and something needs to be done. It certainly, it does need to be done. I think it needs to be called out and I think more people need to go to the Gardaí and report it as well. It's the only way we're going to get it to stop. Thank you for your texts to 0862103103. We're going to take a break. We have news at 11 on the way. In the next time, we're going to be talking about a series of, well, I felt were very, very sad funerals last week and there were homeless men who were buried very quietly in unmarked graves with no families present. Uh, John Paul taking your call, so wait, 18103 103. Cork today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed on the dental issue with people who've got a medical card. A, if you can access a dentist is a problem but then when you, if you do manage to get a dentist who is taking on medical card uh, patients, the dentist's hands are tied in the amount and type of work that they can do. Tom says uh, dentists are only allowed to do two fillings within five years under the general medical card scheme. What is the point of a medical card? Well, well no, you're slightly wrong on that. What they're allowed under this is the ones that are still operating under the medical uh, card you're allowed two free fillings a year in a calendar year but where the five years comes in if uh, if the dentist has filled or some dentist has filled a tooth in the last five years and it needs another filling then the dentist has to go to the HSE to get permission to do to do a repeat filling which is absolutely uh, crazy uh, because they're allowed to do as many extractions so they can pull out teeth they can pull out teeth that could have been fixed and with a filling and the person would be able to hang on to that tooth for a lot longer if the dentist was allowed to do the work that the dentist wants to do. It just makes no sense to me how we wouldn't ask doctors to do the same thing under the, under the medical card scheme. Why are we asking dentists to do the same thing? And dentists have been banging on about this. I've been doing, for years, I've been doing interviews like this, but it's really getting worse now because so many dentists are just frustrated by this scheme and are opting out of it. And that's why we had the listener who was saying can't get a dentist in Mill Street or in Cantorque. There's lots of areas like that where if you have a medical card you just can't access a dentist. As I say, the, the Irish Dental Association are screaming at the Department of Health to try to get this sorted so let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that it will. A number of people commenting on my interview with Anne Murphy about landlords male landlords offering sex for in exchange for cheaper rent or no rent at all Patricia I lived in America and if somebody was bad to any other human being or to an animal anywhere people would intervene and speak up and try to put a stop to it the same should be happening here with this sick behaviour of sex for rent anyone that interferes with somebody else's body should be stopped people must say, may say it's nobody else's business but would they like it if it was themselves a mother a sister an aunt a girlfriend a niece a granddaughter a wife a lady with a disability a grandmother this is not acceptable and people simply need to 
to stand up. We all need to collectively shout stop. Thank you for that. And we've tied it in with rents because I was making the point because some women will be so desperate to find accommodation that they may there are probably women who have agreed to it because they need to have a roof over their head and that led to the discussion about just how expensive rent has become and I was citing the example of that couple I read about online who were around putting flyers up in Dublin trying to rent they have they're willing to pay a thousand euro to rent a room in a house in a shared house or three and a half thousand for a three bedroom house and they just simply can't get anything Martin in Dublin said with those people who are trying to rent inside in cities. I wonder what they consider moving out of the city where the cost of living is uh, cheaper. Uh, It seems impossible that people are trying to live where the money they are earning cannot meet the bills and the rent. Uh, Things have got to change. It is so, so hard these days. And then Anne-Marie was on to say her son and his girlfriend were renting in Dublin for many years but they decided to move back to Cork and they moved into shared accommodation with a friend but the prices have gone so so high they are really finding it tough to live and uh, Brian said my son said there is not much of a difference cost wise between Dublin and Cork anymore there's a slight difference but it isn't huge people seem to think that only high rents are in Dublin it's getting as expensive now to rent in Cork City as well Brian wonders will the younger generation today, will they ever be able to purchase a house? Well, we've been talking about that, aren't we? The generation that will never own a, a house. Melissa says, are we getting to this in society that people are offering sex because we cannot supply houses? You would wonder, was the country, did we live in a better place back in the 60s and 70s where we mightn't have had a lot? But you wonder, did we live in a better society? During the 60s and 70s, it was the local authorities, the council that were building houses. The problem of housing and supply didn't seem as big a problem back then. Do we need to go back to the council building houses again? Breeden from Moy says her son lives in Dublin. The rents are just eating up his salary. But Breed said her daughter then lives in Cork City, is in a house share and between bills and rent, her daughter is in a similar position. Breed also ponders and wonders, will either her son or daughter ever be able to afford their own place? I know people say, can they not move into the countryside, but the jobs are not always there. I wonder, will we see our young emigrating again to the likes of Canada or the UK, all due to our failure to provide housing for them at affordable prices? And we have heard already from some of our listeners who admit that their sons and daughters have emigrated for that uh, very reason because they've decided if they want to get on in, in their lives and, they, and getting on in their lives includes people owning their own property but it is and then you've got the vulture funds that we've been speaking about who are coming in and the hedge funds that are coming in and they're buying up all of the properties and that they many of them buying off the plans and they know that they can bid much higher than say a young couple trying to buy a house for the first time because they know even if they went to 100,000 over the asking price they'll get the money back in rent because the one thing that is not happening is rents are not coming down rents are just going up and up and how many people renting at the moment will say that what they're paying out on rent would probably double the cost of what they would pay out on a mortgage and they're caught in this dilemma of they're stuck 
in this it's kind of like a vicious circle almost that they're trying to save a deposit and even those who have saved a deposit keep getting outbid when they go to buy a house I was I was driving through a town a couple of weeks ago and I saw a young couple pushing a buggy and they were standing outside a, you know a local estate agent looking in the window at the houses and eventually the the man kind of walked away leaving the woman staring in the window with the buggy and it was just it was almost heartbreaking you could see the dejection in their face and I don't know if they were trying to rent or if they were trying to buy but I just it really got to me when I saw the young couple saying gosh you know they're probably trying to get desperately trying to get on the property ladder and no matter what they're earning you know no matter even people with decent jobs because they're paying so much in rent it's just impossible then to get a deposit together and then if they do manage to get their little deposit together they're being outbid. We just so have to do something about our housing situation. Now, can I just on the palindrome that we mentioned earlier and today's uh, date, the 22nd 02 of 2022, when you write it down, it is a palindrome because it reads backwards. You'll get the very same date if you write it down, you'll get 2202 2022. And somebody pointed out to us in a WhatsApp, it's not going to happen again until the 30th of the 3rd of 3003 and when it occurs on the 30th of the 3rd 3003 it will be the last time it ever happens that we'll ever have a palindrome uh, date somebody then says but Patricia how come how come the third, the 30th of the 3rd, 2003 is the last palindrome? Why can't we have a palindrome on the 4th of the 4th 40 or the 5th of the 5th 2055. Well, if you write those down, they're not a palindrome because if you write down the fourth of the fourth, 4044, it doesn't read the same backwards and the same with the fifth of the fifth, uh, 55. It has to, the numbers have to read the very same backwards in front front for them to be a palindrome. That's why the 30th of the third in 3003, when we'll all be but a distant memory, uh, the, uh, it, uh, it will be the last palindrome. So today's date is the second last palindrome ever. 0818, that's our number, 103 103. John Paul taking your calls. C103 Jobs. A legal secretary is required for John Manway. You can apply with your CV, please, to john.collins at fitzludlow.com. Murphy's Pharmacy there in Bohabui, they're looking for a full-time sales assistant with a view to completing a pharmacy technician course. Email murphys.pharmacyjob at gmail.com. A night porter is required for the Maryborough House Hotel. CVs and a cover note, please, to mduncliffe at maryborough.ie. And a car valeter is wanted for Jimmy Barry Motors. They're based in Bantry. Their number is 87 2586 You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Last week I spotted a newspaper article about the burial of five men which had taken place in Dublin without any family members present. All five men were either homeless or were known to the homeless services. Two of the men uh, were well known to Alice Leahy of the Alice Leahy 
Trust and Alice joins me uh, this morning. Good morning to you, Alice. Good morning, Patricia. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to speak to you. Now, this looked like such a sad scene. It was the photograph that captured my eye when I opened up the Irish Times one day last week. Tell me about the two Polish men. Mir- Miroslav was 36 and Robert was 47. Such That's young, right. young men. Young men. And uh, it was just so sad. And yes, that, that photograph uh, captured uh, it captured the, the bleakness of the cemetery and the few people around. I mean, there was less than 10, 10 people. Uh, it was just absolutely shocking. And we, we knew the two of them. And it was just kind of quite by accident that we had heard they were being buried because a man who was homeless came in to us and he said to one of my colleagues, you know, there are five people who were homeless being buried next week. And I got on to Mervyn Colwell, who uh, is in Glasnevin, and he's always extremely helpful. And um, we then understood that one of the men was being buried on the Tuesday and another on the Wednesday. And I asked him if he could get on to the undertaker and just have the two people buried together because we wanted to go uh, uh, and, and remember them. And I also felt... Uh, that they were probably Catholic. We don't pry into anyone's religion and we respect everyone's religion. And um, we we wanted to, we contacted Monsignor Owen uh, Tyne, who was a former head army chaplain, who often drops into us and says hello to people, very nice man. And we asked him if he would come and say a few prayers. And on that day, there was just Lisa and myself. There was uh, Mick Clifford. Uh, there was uh, the former um, superintendent in Pierce Street, who now is a board member, Joe Gannon. And, of course, that wonderful Corkman, West Corkman, Damien McCarthy. And uh, Damien came because you, you will all recall, and you mentioned it on your programme, and the Irish Examiner gave it two pages when Damien took uh, with his with his colleague Alan O'Dowd from Limerick in their free time took Romy back to Mauritius. I do remember and, that. And the the amazing he came to our mind that day for the simple reason uh, Romy had spent fifteen years here in Ireland and he was eleven years of those on the streets of Dublin and he would have been in much the same position as poor Robert and Miroslav, only that our board members decided, and with the help of, of Damien, we got Romy back to his family in Mauritius. So life on the streets has been very difficult. And I gather in the last two years, there were 30 people buried in, in Dardistown. And... Um, more people will will die. Now, they didn't die on the streets. Um, Robert died in the matter of natural causes. And Miroslav had been in with us one day and we got a call from the guards that, that evening to say that he had uh, collapsed in Stephen's Green and he was taken to James's where he was cared for very well. And it was just so sad. And do you know, uh, Patricia, it would remind remind people of our own Irish of a generation ago who lived and died in poverty in London and New York and places where they went with the dream of a better future, hoping to send money home to educate and feed their family. So now we are seeing that happening in our country uh, to people who, who are coming from abroad. Yeah, and they come here with that dream that their life is going to be better. They do. And many of them have worked here. Then many of them have worked maybe in the black economy. They've travelled around the country to get work. 
and many of them are great workers. And in fact, without people coming from abroad, there'd be lots of restaurants and that without workers. But these people came with the dream of a better future. And what a way to go. And they're both for the grace of God. Yes, why? Yes. I, I Actually, I mentioned it earlier when, when I knew you were coming on the programme. I remember, and you probably remember him as well, was it, was it a guy called Seamus from Tipperary who used to go out with the bus at Christmas? That's Seamus, he was from Thurless. Thurless, Seamus yeah. died, I think. Yeah, he did, yeah. He, he died a number of years London. ago. Yeah. Yeah. He used to go to London and he used to bring Irish people back home you know, they, I, I suppose this is where I think, Patricia, the media have a powerful role to play because they are you now remembering what he did. And a lot of people and a lot of younger people wouldn't even have known about that. And um, Well, I remember doing countless interviews with him because he went through a stage then of filling the bus up with clothes and food to did. bring over so that That's he wouldn't right. be going over empty. And I, to- I retold the story of the two Irishmen living yes. under a bridge in London sharing sharing the tin of dog food. And what he couldn't get over was one man, both hungry, but he shared it with the other man. And there is, and even Merislav, who who died, the last time he was in with us, now he was always in good humour, and he was was wearing a Manchester United top, a Liverpool hoodie, (laughs) a Celtic jacket, he never heard of Cork or Tip in a Monster final, (laughs) and he said he, he was confused, and he came back in, and he said to Mark, who worked with me, he said, you are my Irish family, and he gave him four cigarettes. Like Seamus going over there and the Philippines gave him four cigarettes to give to people. And is there any way, I mean, they they were both, both Miroslav and Robert were were Polish. I mean, would they have known each other on the streets, do you think? I I gathered they probably did, but they they may not have been in, in our place at the same time because the Polish, a bit like our Irish, they tend to you know, talk together, maybe drink together. And sadly, an awful lot of them would be just sitting by the banks of the canal sharing a bottle of cheap alcohol. And you could see the loneliness and the sadness in people's faces. And we see that all the time. And we would still see it, you know, people, Irish people who who are have drifted to the city, maybe had to move to the city, uh, maybe didn't, weren't wanted maybe at home because maybe there had been a prison sentence or they may have been mental health problems or maybe a relationship breakdown. And I suppose, Patricia, maybe if, if I could just have an opportunity here because I think it's due to your programme too. When, when Damien and Alan took Romy back to Mauritius and uh, the wonderful Mick Clifford got two pages on the examiner and I do think Damien should be car person of the year even though I'm a Tipperary person to say that but the number of letters we got and the numbers the number the guards got from people in Cork who wrote and who who could understand what they were doing in taking Romy back home because it prevented him going into the same, having the same end as poor Robert and Miroslav had. And that will continue. And, they, I know, and are they unmarked graves? Well, we have a we have a grave in Glasnevin and it's marked and we got it, we have a headstone. But we will, uh, down the road, we'll ch- I'll check with Glasnevin and see, will will that grave be marked? Because if it's not, we will we will put up uh, a, a mark or maybe well a headstone well or a cross. And because is there any way of contacting, are their families aware that they've died? 
Well, I know the guards always check up and, and I know I will be asking Pierce Street and I know Damien McCarthy will, that we'll try and find out a bit more. Now, very often, uh, you, you, you never know what happens in a family and sometimes families are very poor and certainly some of the people coming from abroad they are financially very, very poor. Uh, now, okay, you will have others who, who are not, but the people we would meet. So it, this is something we are going to pursue. And the interesting thing, on the very evening uh, after Mick Clifford's article appeared, uh, would you believe it, Romy video called, where would we be with our technology? I hate mm. it, but it's useful. Um, video called Damien to say he was sitting at home with his mother and father watching the television in Mauritius. Now, they thought he was dead in Ireland. They had no idea they'd lost contact with them. So we really all do need to make a greater effort maybe to get to know people and, and people like you highlight their stories and very often we don't hear their stories until, you know, they die and then we have that photograph on on the paper. Yeah, yeah, it's just it was poignant. It it, 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 it really was. And and did you know much about what what brought Miroslav and Robert to Ireland initially? Did they, well, did they work initially? Well, well yes, Robert, Robert uh, worked here. Uh, he worked as a delivery driver, and he was making bins in a factory. And I don't know what Miroslav did. I think he worked some time in a restaurant. He may have been cleaning or cooking. And I know he did a course at some stage to try and get back into working in that field. And you see, they make tremendous efforts, I mean, to, to try and maybe learn our language. We, we, we don't understand sometimes how we all speak English and some of us speak Irish and some of us should speak more Irish. I always regret I haven't kind of concentrated more on developing my Irish, which I learned in school. Uh, but they struggle to get the language. As I'm speaking to you here now, I'm looking at a candle. Uh, Peter, who sleeps out all the time, he doesn't get a penny from the state. He was born in Russia, lived in Lithuania, has very, very little English, but over the years has developed enough to kind of have some type of limited conversation. And he comes into us and he brought me in a candle the other day. And, you know, we, I think very often, in, and I, ho- I know the whole political debate is about the lack of housing, and there is a huge lack of housing. And we have young people who are struggling to get mortgages and get a house, and that is truly shocking. But at the same time, there is a danger. We will forget about the kind of people like Robert and Miroslav and Peter and the people Seamus went over to London to pick up. We can't forget those people. And I think they are often remembered maybe in song and in story when someone like Christy Moore will put together a song to remind us. Um, We must make sure, and I think it's people like you, and particularly local radio I think is, is hugely important, and national radio of course, but to remember people like that. And I think we need... Sometimes there's people in the world of the arts who try and capture the loneliness and yet the dreams those people have. Yeah, they're you all, know. you know, they're all, we're, we're, we're all, all human. Yeah, we're planet. all human beings. And what what struck me when I saw the, the, the two graves and the priest standing, there was, they're, they're two mother's sons. They're two mother's sons, they're brothers, yeah, they're, 
and how many and, and we have our own Irish people now many people where drugs have taken over their lives and drugs is huge and you have families worrying about people and, and we need to give a lot more time to people uh, to tell their stories to hear them to listen to them because sometimes we're rushing writing reports using all the buzzwords but underneath there is a human being I often quote the, the Scottish poet Lang when he said a statistic is just like a drunken man leaning against a lamppost for support rather than illumination we need to hear the stories and we need to hear it, it can happen to any one of us it can happen to somebody who's a successful very successful businessman or woman today doing very well and something happens I remember we had a wonderful chairman for years Professor James McCormick and I remember when he would meet students they would expect him he, he was the head of the Department of Community Health in Trinity very well known doctor very kind of would challenge people to think and he'd often say to the students they would be expecting him to talk about disease or something and he would say I never heard one of you mentioning the word love you know so many people didn't have maybe the love they needed when they were grown up or the parents were in circumstances when it, they were, it was impossible even to, to give the care they needed to people. So there is, a big, there is a big void in our discussion around homelessness and about people. You know, mm. uh, we're rushing around uh, writing reports and launching reports and, and saying things, but we all need to stop and think you know, kind of what is it all about? Yeah, absolutely. And I saw that there are new calls for critical incident reviews of deaths among homeless people. Well, you see, I think there is a lack of, of, there is something very narrow about that too. We always rush to kind of get some kind of a report on how many people died and how many this and how many that. And, and to get, in fact, politicians and medical personnel can't always solve the problem. It is very often about the ordinary human beings not to be afraid to express what they feel, not to be afraid to challenge and not to say, hold on a minute, because you can come up with the report and say, well, 50 people died on the streets of Dublin over so many years. But also some people died on the streets. I mean, we knew Jonathan Curry, We knew him very well. We've been in touch with his family. And politicians who maybe very often didn't know the person struggled to see what they could do. But we need to, in a rush to kind of say, you can't always rescue people from the streets and you can't always rescue people from themselves. And very often people may have a long history of feeling isolated and unwanted. And I think we have to get back to basics. And I think we need very basic shelters where people can just put their head down for the night without being asked a whole lot of very intrusive questions at the beginning. You need to build up a relationship with people. And that, as all your listeners know, can take a long, long time. But I think we need to do that. And our politicians need to do Two, they are attempting to address the problem, but they very often are very far removed from the problem. But then very often, a lot of them are very close to a problem, because I think there's probably not a family in, in our world who hasn't had some tragedy or loss or lots of love in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're an incredible woman. And listen, can I pass on my deepest sympathies? You lost your beautiful husband. 
I did, poor Charlie. I'm looking at him here now. Yeah. Um, he, I did. He was wonderful. He was a great supporter of our work. Some of your your listeners would have seen him. He used to do extras on Fair City as well as yeah. lots of things. I mean, he was very, he, he had a great interest in community, social justice, community. He believed everyone was important, be they successful businessmen or women, successful politicians. And one of the things that used to really irritate him was when an election would come up and people would say, actually, we won't vote. We don't. Why would we bother? And yeah. they listen, there are people in third world countries who are queuing for days to vote. And you do have a vote. I don't mind who you vote for, but, but just, just get out and vote. your right to vote. Listen, it's a pleasure as always. Keep fighting Patricia, the great fight. Can I, can I just say one yeah. thing? I don't know this woman from Adam, yeah. but as, as you have heard me say, I mentioned the McCarthy family so often, and, and Damien wouldn't be there only for the wonderful parents he had, and I just want to say hello to his mother, and thanks that we have him in Dublin. Okay, I, I, And you don't know his name? You don't know her name? Patricia, I think. Oh, is she's her Patricia name. McCarthy. Okay, Patric- and, and where in West Cork is Damien Dun-Manway. from? Dunmanway. Dunmanway. All right. Hi to Patricia McCarthy in Dunmanway. You have a great yes. name, Patricia. And thanks for Damien. And he should be Cork person of the okay. year. <laughs> well said. Well said. Patricia, God bless. Thank you for everything. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye That is the wonderful Alice Leahy from the Alice Leahy Trust. She's she's an incredible woman. She's you know she's like Katrina Toomey and uh, brother Kevin in Dublin. They just do the most most amazing uh, work. And I was so sad. Uh, to hear that her gorgeous husband uh, Charlie had passed away uh, just uh, last in January just about a month ago 0818103103 John Paul taking your calls you can text you can WhatsApp to 0862103103 Court Today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie The RNLI uh, is looking for new shop volunteers to join their life saving teams at Yall Ballycotton and Ballycotton and Castletown Bear locations and joining me is Jennifer Gray who is a community manager with the RNLI. Good morning to you Jennifer. Good morning. And, and you are very welcome. How important are these shops to the work of the RNLI? They're hugely important to us and all the money raised in those shops goes locally to the stations um, so obviously it's, it's very important to the local stations. The volunteers that are in those shops are generally very connected to the lifeboats as well. Um, we have Eight um, lifeboat stations in the Cork region, but just three shops. Okay, um, so so the the three I mentioned, Yall, Ballycotton, and Castlebar yeah. are the only places where you have shops. Okay, and tell yeah. me about the shops and what you sell at the shops. Everything. Um, we have uh, diaries, Christmas cards are probably one of our biggest um, uh, products that people love at Christmas time. Shopping bags, diaries, um, Wellingtons, t-shirts. Uh, pin badges and people generally love the, the the products that are that are that are in the shop. You know, so it's all paraphernalia attached to the yeah. RNLI. Okay, yeah, all right, absolutely. And do you, so, do you only open for so many hours every week? Um, in the winter time, obviously, it is quieter. But in the summertime, you know, areas like Ballycotton would be very busy. Castletown, Bear, and Yall would be very busy as well. Um, so really we're looking for people that would have a little time that would, you know, it's a very rewarding role. Um, sometimes people go from being involved in the shops to being involved with fundraising. A lot of the people that we have might be ex-crew um, or retired crew. Like 95% of the people in the Orin Lyre volunteers, mm. um, from lifeboat crew to shore crew, fundraisers, safety advisors, dedicated volunteers, 
Um, they are the heart of the Ornlai, and without them, we wouldn't be able to carry out our vital life-saving service. The Ornlai is unique. It's a modern emergency service, and as a charity, we rely on we rely on volunteers that have time to give us to give us that time. You know. So people can dedicate and give as much time as they need. I know people are always fearful when they sign up for something, thinking, oh, I wouldn't have the time. But people can commit as little or as much as they have. Absolutely. We would look at, you know, if someone just had an hour or two a week to give, we would be absolutely delighted with them, with those kind of people that just literally have, maybe want to have some social interaction and just give an hour or two, pop down to the shop, help open it, do their hour or two and um, head off and, and, and be involved. That's they're the kind of people we're looking for. Yeah, and lots of people, I think, because of the pandemic, have found themselves with extra time on their hands. Are there are, are there other people who are kind of reviewing life and thinking, yeah. I need to get involved, I need to get stuck into something, and particularly people who went maybe into themselves. I always think volunteering is a fantastic way to make a new circle of friends. Absolutely. And as I said, 95% of, of people in the Ornlai are volunteers. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't be able to, our boats wouldn't be able to launch without them. We wouldn't be able to um, to, to run run the charity without that assistance from people. Um, our boats launched 165 times in the Cork area alone in 2021 and aided 231 people in that 165 times in, in just in the Cork area alone. It's, it's, it's just, it's incredible. I'm, I'm in awe of the work of the RNLI yeah. and I think it's only, you know, people that live by the sea who realise the importance of the work of the RNLI. It's huge. And the importance of the volunteers who put their lives at risk, ultimately, Absolutely. Jennifer, when they, yeah. they never They're know. They're to launch 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, and they don't know what's out there. No, they don't. They don't know, and we do depend on donations to power that that life saving work. And as I said, the money that comes into the shops goes directly to their local station, which is very important to people as well when they're helping out in their local area. You know, and you're never in need of vo- volunteers to go out on the lifeboats and cruise for the lifeboats. That never seems to be an issue. No, no. I mean, it is. It's a, it's a great charity that people seem to volunteer very easily for. Yeah, um, it, it it is. People do love being involved. Yeah, and I know whole families, generations, Absolutely. generations, generations of families. and whole families are which involved, is, which, and that's which, what makes it. Which is yeah. which is brilliant. And like all other retail and particularly charities, you'd have been badly hit during the pandemic, Jennifer. Absolutely. I mean, some of our shops were closed for eighteen months. Ah. Um, you know, we weren't able to open them. They were small areas, uh, so we had to keep them closed, and mainly we had to protect. The, the the operations side of, of, of the Orn Life. So we had to keep the shops closed so that the lifeboats wouldn't be affected if there was an outbreak of COVID in the shops. Um, so naturally that did affect us hugely. Okay, so now so is we the are time. looking to, to literally bounce back into yeah, twenty twenty two, and we need people to do that. And particularly ahead of the summer season, and we're all hoping for a good tourist season this Absolutely. year. And lots of people will be visiting Yall, Castletown Bear, and uh, Ballycotton, and hopefully all popping into the shops. Absolutely. Okay. How can people apply? Um, we have. You can go onto our website or dot org forward slash join the shop crew. Um, or they can email myself directly if they so wish. I can leave my email address with you. Okay. All right. Um, but if you go on to the main ornlight.org page, you'll forward see slash join shop crew. Okay. Um, 
you'll be able to find, navigate us fairly easily there. Okay, hope you get lots of volunteers out Thank of this you. shout out, Jennifer. And in the meantime, pass on our best wishes to everybody involved in the Iron Alliance. Thank stay, you very much. Stay safe. Take care. Thank Take you. care. Bye bye. That is uh, Jennifer Gray with the RNLI. Do you have some time on your hands? A lot of people coming out of the pandemic are saying they need to get back out, get stuck into things, get involved, pick up hobbies or whatever. There is nothing better. There's nothing better than volunteering. So if you're in any of those locations, y'all. Ballycotton or Castletown Bear, you might consider uh, joining the shops at the RNLI. Our number is 0818 103 103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. And a reminder to you that Premier League Live is back this Saturday on C103.ie with Trevor Welch, of course, powered by Talk Sport. We're bringing you live coverage this weekend of Leeds United versus Tottenham Hotspur. That's at 12.30. Brentford are taking on Newcastle at three and Everton will take on Man City. And that game uh, kicks off at 5.30. That's the Premier League live online would now stream live Premier League action with an Sports or Sports Extra membership. Your sport on your terms. Stream only the games that matter to you most would now listen Saturdays on the C103 app or go to C103. And thank you to Margaret from East Cork when I was speaking with Alice Leahy and Alice Leahy was speaking about a wonderful Garda in Dublin, uh, Damien McCarthy, one of our own though, a native of Dunmanway and the great work he does and continues to do with homeless people and the amazing work that he did with the repatriation of a man back to the Mauritius and they gave him a special award for what he had done and he did it along with another Garda and they did it in their own time. They didn't do it on guard the time and they've been recognised for, for it. And uh, he's from Cork and Alice was saying how proud we can be of uh, Damien. Damien's mother is Phyllis McCarthy, not Patricia McCarthy. She got the P bit right. She knew it began with P. So Phyllis McCarthy is, da- is Damien's mother's name. I worked with her for years, says Margaret, from East Cork. Also, his late father, Mick, was an absolute gentleman, proving that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's lovely. Thank you for that, uh, Margaret, from the uh, East Cork and I don't know if Phyllis McCarthy is listening to us or not but in case she's not if anyone's speaking to her tell her we were talking about her and her fabulous son who she can be very proud of Garda Damien McCarthy in Dublin OK I need to take a break we have news at 12 midday on the way we'll catch up with calls and comments coming into the programme this morning and we'll also speak with Joe Heffernan who is going to be talking about the traits of a person who may fall into addiction Cork Today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group want great advice you know who to talk to cmig.ie delighted to say that the wonderful Phyllis McCarthy has contacted us after we were speaking about her son Damien on the programme with the wonderful Alice Leahy and Phyllis has WhatsApped to say she hasn't been able to listen to the programme because she's undergoing treatment at the moment in CUH so we wish her nothing but love and best wishes and the road to recovery uh, she gets uh, well really soon but she was on to say yes, she is the proud mammy of uh, Damien and that Damien is also the brother of Michael McCarthy the former T D's brother. Now we know exactly who we are. <laughs> we know exactly who we have. Thank you for that, uh, Phyllis, and uh, good health uh, to you. Now, just on homelessness, Martin in West Cork says, Patricia, smarter people than me will hopefully one day solve the homeless uh, problem. But I did hear of a life coach 
who befriended a long-term homeless man in Galway many years ago. First he got him to do a small bit of walking and he built up his time with him over a period. Then he advised the homeless man on his diet and what he should and shouldn't be eating. Over time, the homeless man developed more life skills and finally managed to get his confidence back. The last I heard, that homeless man was working and is in his own accommodation. Definitely people can learn new skills when they're put into the right situation yeah, and when the right people are around them and that, I mean, that's what Alice Leahy and Katrina Toomey of Penny Dinners and brother Kevin up in Dublin and, and there's many others like them around the country. That's what they do. They befriend these people. They've fallen in hard times and you know as I said to Alice, there but for the grace of God go any of us or go any of our family members and when people fall on hard times it's, it's, a, it's a help up they need and thank God that we have so many excellent uh, charities. Thank you for that uh, Martin. And then we were talking earlier and I think a lot of people were shocked by my interview with Anne Murphy of the Irish Examiner talking about this what seems to be now a proliferation of accommodation being offered for low or no rent in return for sex or bed sharing with the landlord and because our housing situation is getting so bad some people are finding themselves in very vulnerable situations and if people particularly the, I worry about the overseas the young students because Anne wrote in the paper you know about students coming from four Italian students and all of them have been propositioned about sharing a bed or sharing a house for sex instead of money and you worry about the vulnerability of those people not having close family around them to be able to say this isn't right I'll help you and you know you just you worry about their vulnerability and that prompted a listener listen to this for a comment who obviously wants to remain anonymous which is fine but this very much shows how when you when you leave sort of the sanctuary of your family and when you don't have that close circle around you how you can end up getting into a situation that you could never have seen yourself in and it says Patricia just a comment on the current issue of landlords trading rent for sex please don't use my identity when reading out this text but back in 1999 I lost my 8th month old baby I was 20 at the time and pretty alone in the world I struggled to cope and within a month I jumped on a plane and I headed to Australia I had no real plan and also I had very little money as you can imagine I was pretty vulnerable on arriving into Australia I found myself auditioning in a strip club simply just trying to make money to make ends meet. I was desperate at the time and honestly had very little care for what happened to me. On my first night working in the club I met some girls who kindly offered me a place to live. I was so sad and naive and desperate for a place to stay I didn't actually realise what was happening or what was going on. Soon it became clear that the house was set up with cameras We were being filmed every minute and the landlord was using the films to stream on the internet in order to make money. I know it's not the same as what's going on here, but I suppose I just want to highlight that this isn't a new thing. There are men exploiting women in this way and it's been going on for years. Sadly, this was a slippery slope for me and I emerged from the sex industry seven years later, pretty broken. It's only now 20 years on Uh, years later that I've had some intense therapy and I can start to come to terms with the things I went through. I think it's easy to not realise the impact these experiences can have on young women. Well, that is a powerful, powerful 
uh, testimony. Thank you for that. And I really do hope that you're on that journey of recovery and that you're, you're getting your life back. And yeah, the vulnerability of grieving for the death of a baby at just 20. And then I can absolutely understand how you ended up in the situation you're in. So I, I send you nothing but love and luck as you go forward with your life and hopefully everything is getting back on track for you. Thank you, by the way, for sharing that with us. 0818103103. Texts are also available 0862103103. A couple of other texts in. When we were talking about the palindrome, today's date, the 22nd of 02-2022, it's the same, written backwards as uh, frontwards. And somebody had sent in a WhatsApp saying that it's not going to happen again until 30 3003. Why don't we have some very smart listeners? Dennis was on to say, Oi, it is going to happen again and sooner. It's going to happen on February the 8th in 2080. And it's not only a palodrome, it's also an ambigram that we mentioned if you turn it upside down. It'll, it'll read the very same way. So, of course, I had to put Dennis's one to the test, didn't I? So I wrote down 0802 of 2080, which Dennis says is a palindrome, And it is, because when you write it backwards, it's still 0802 2080. And when I turned it upside down, it still reads the same way. So it is an ambigram as well. Thank you for that, Dennis. But I suppose the palindrome today with the twos and the zeros and the one for the 30th of the 3rd, 3003, is that more a purer palindrome because there's only two numbers, there's only a zero and a two, whereas in your one there's a zero, two and an eight. I don't know, I'm just throwing that in for good measure, but thank you for that. We have some very, very smart listeners indeed. And somebody has just sent in a text to say that they found a bank card. It was dropped at Brosnan Oil in Liscarroll. Obviously the person was filling up and then dropped the bank card. So the person has contacted us just in case somebody hasn't realised that they've lost their bank card before they have to go to the hassle of cancelling it. So were you in Brosnan Oil in Liscarroll this morning? And if so, can you check, could that be you who dropped your bank card? If so, we have a very honest listener who would like to get it back to you. Thank you for that. And then Rita from Oasis. Patricia, I was so mad to read in the paper that that girl, Katrina Carey, that the programme, the RTE programme with the alleged fiddling of uh, people out of their money, people who are in distressed uh, mortgages. Uh, Rita said she was playing for the GAA last night. What is the GAA thinking of allowing her to play, says Rita Informoy. Now I don't know if she was playing for the GAA or not last night, uh, Rita. I did see that she was, because she plays hockey she played hockey for Ireland and I know she's with the Kilkenny hockey team and I know there was pictures of her on the paper of her playing earlier this month just before the programme went out on RTE. She was playing for Kilkenny but that was hockey. I don't know if she's playing, if she's still playing Camogie but she did play Camogie for uh, Kilkenny. I don't know if she still plays that or not. So I'm wondering was it hockey she was playing rather than Camogie was what you actually spotted. But remember the Gardaí are investigating at the moment it is alleged this mortgage uh, scam that she's accused of and we will say no more because we know that the investigators from the Garda National Economic Crime Bureau are now looking into the uh, case and they are interviewing various people who had dealings with Katrina uh, Carey and they are expecting more to come forward so we let the Gardaí do their work um, but and until that happens maybe that's why the 
whatever games she's playing feel that it is all alleged at the moment. 0818103103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862103103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. Shambhali Moore Bingo is back from this evening, half past eight. They've got a jackpot of €1,300 uh, and all are welcome to Shambhali Moore Bingo uh, tonight. Mallow Daffodil Day Committee, they're appealing for volunteers to help with Daffodil Day. Now, Daffodil Day is not until the 25th of March, but they're trying to get all their ducks in a row. So they're looking for people to get involved. Maybe you're in an organisation or a business or a school or you're an individual. You might like to run a charity event with proceeds going to a Daffodil Day if so, can you contact Noreen Doran at 087-131-3316. Now, some events have already been arranged, like there's a table quiz in Albert's Bar in Mallow. That's on the 8th of March. And on actual Daffodil Day itself, there'll be a coffee morning in Hurleyhees Centre on Main Street in Mallow. And uh, obviously coming closer to Daffodil Day, we'll be encouraging everyone to please support the Irish Cancer Society this year more than ever. Because, of course, the last two years they weren't able to have Daffodil day. Dukas Planakilty hosting their February lecture via Zoom. It is on Thursday night, 8 o'clock. All the information and login details are available on the Dukas Planakilty website or you can go to their Facebook uh, page. And for Moy Tidy Towns, will host a fundraising coffee morning this coming Saturday from 10.30 to 1pm and it'll be in the Wagon Wheel Tavern. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy the insurance group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A couple of things to give a shout out to Kevin from Makra. Bantir Makra has been on to ask me to give a shout out please to Bantir Makra they've made it through to the All-Ireland Final in the Capers competition and the Capers is that brilliant competition they do 20 minute variety show they have to have some comedy in it they need to have dance traditional music etc kind of a little bit like remember what Tops of the Towns used to be like it's kind of a mini version of that their 20 minute variety uh, show of very very high standard and there must be a high standard if they've made it all the way through to the All-Ireland Final and the All-Ireland finals will take place in Capaquin Hall on the 5th of March. So good luck to everybody involved in Bantir Makra. I don't know if they're the only local Makra Firma group that has made it through to the All-Ireland finals or not, but uh, best of luck to them. And I've been asked to mention that the AGM for the Killali and Ballin Rush Group Water Scheme in Kilworth is due to be held tonight at 8. It'll be held in Heafy Grove Meeting Room. And the Killali and Ballin and Rush Group Water Scheme is one of the oldest water schemes in Ireland. Would you believe it was founded back in 1959, is still running and it's run by volunteers. That's that's an incredible uh, achievement. So if you are a part of that Killali and Ballin Rush Group Water Scheme, your AGM is on tonight. John was listening to the news there with Barry and he heard the Health Minister Stephen uh, Donnelly speak about the restrictions. They're easing, we know the easing of restrictions are coming and these are the last kind of really of the restrictions with the masks being removed, social distancing, the pods are being taken away from the schools. Uh, you don't need, you don't have to wear a mask if you're on public transport but it is recommended uh, that you do uh, but he did say that 
they may have to look again in the future. I mean, the big fear is that there would be another variant that would overtake Omicron and there will be a more serious variant of coronavirus than the Omicron one that we're currently battling. So he says, for now, everything's looking okay, but we may need to look at things in the future. But John reckons madness to even come out with that because he reckons we have to live with it now and every individual simply has to be careful and we all need to have personal responsibilities and we have to get on with it. But it's from Nick's Monday that the restrictions are going to be lifted and actually in the well not in the UK in Britain the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson he came out yesterday they announced the last of the domestic coronavirus restrictions for England which they've even gone I think further than our lads are going because they've include they're including the requirement for people who get diagnosed with COVID-19 people in England won't need to self-isolate Boris Johnson told politicians in the House of Commons that the country was moving from the government's restrictions to personal responsibility and now it's part of their plan for treating COVID like any other transmissible illnesses such as flu. So Boris Johnson confirmed mandatory self-isolation for people with COVID will end from Thursday of this week. They're also going to end the routine tracing of infected people's contacts. That's all stopping from Thursday. People will still be advised to stay home if they feel sick but will no longer get extra financial support that they got during the pandemic for those that had to miss work. So that's going to, if you have people coughing and spluttering and if they do have COVID-19, if they're not going to get additional financial support, i.e. sick pay, people will go into work. Absolutely, for sure. And then starting on the 1st of April in England, lab confirmed PCR tests for the virus will be available free only to older people and people who are immune uh, compromised. They're also going to stop offering the free antigen tests that they're currently offering, even though they will be available. You, know, you can get them in chemists and supermarkets, a bit like we have them here in this country, but that will come with a price. The government in England stressed that the pandemic isn't over and they did say that the virus could spring nasty surprises and they, Boris Johnson acknowledged that there is potential for a new and more deadly variant of the virus but for now they're saying they're lifting all of the restrictions and some scientists in the UK say removing all the restrictions was a risky move and it could bring a surge of infections which could weaken the country's defences against more virulent future strains which we're all hoping won't happen. Now Northern Ireland which is what we would most worry about Scotland and Wales they are all setting their own public health uh, rules. They also have opened up they've lifted a lot of their uh, restrictions but they're doing it much more slowly than they're doing it in England and yesterday's announcement by Boris Johnson only applies to uh, England. So John, I take it you'll be with Boris Johnson saying we, we now have to treat it like any other transmissible illness such as flu. But he did say that the virus could spring nasty surprises and that's I think what everybody fears. Thank you for your call John to 0818 uh, 103 103. Now just um, since we've been talking about the the dentists today and the Irish Dental Association, you know, sending on this report to the Department of Health and looking for something to be done to help out people who are on a medical card and who need dental work. And obviously it'll all come in under the HSE and the HSE's uh, budget. And I was reading in the Irish Times today that no patient will have to wait more than a year 
for a hospital procedure by the end of this year. Now, this is all to do with very ambitious new HSE plans for the health service going forward. And we wish them nothing but luck with this. I would love to see the day where no patient would have to wait more than a year for a hospital uh, procedure. The maximum time, this report says, an outpatient will have to wait to be assessed by a hospital consultant. That's going to be cut to 18 months. How often do we hear of people here who are waiting two, three and four years just to get the appointment to go in to see the uh, consultant? So this new plan says no one will wait longer than 18 months. That also, now it's by the end of this year, by the end of uh, 2022. This was all to do with the HSE and their service plan. Now the service plan has been published uh, today, but there's reports of it in today's Irish Times. The plan will set out the detail of how the HSE intends to spend the 21 billion euro health budget this year. Like we put a lot of money into health, but it's how we actually uh, spend, spend it. The report warns of exceptional levels of uncertainty around financial planning. Obviously, that's due to the COVID-19 uh, pan- pandemic. But in the, in the introduction to the plan, which seemingly has been seen by the Irish Times, the HSE chief executive, Paul Reid, said it was his intention to devote substantial efforts to tackling unacceptable waiting times for care. Now, currently... There's about 18,000 people who've been waiting for an outpatient procedure for more than 12 months. There's 155,000 people who were on an outpatient waiting list. That's just to get to see a consultant they're on that list more than 18 months. So the plan aims to have additional inpatient and daycare procedure. They're also planning to have at least 20,000 more colonoscopies which will all be carried out during this year, 2022, compared to what was carried out last year. There's provision for an additional 1.8 million home support hours. How many people are languishing on hospital beds can't get home because they can't get the home support hours. I straight away though can see a problem there. They need to be recruiting more people to do that work. It's all well and good to have this pot of money but if you don't have workers willing to do the home support hours, there's no point. The money just sits in the account. There's also going to be additional 40,000 mammograms. That's going to be important in in tackling and tracking down uh, people with breast cancer. There's also going to be additional cervical screening tests uh, done However, the number of older people on the Fair Deal scheme, um, this is going to remain static. There's almost 100,000 fewer people will have medical cards by the end of the year compared with last year's plan. Now, I don't really understand both of those figures. Maybe we'll get more details when the plan is published today. I can't understand how the Fair Deal remains static because we have an ageing population and I'm right, I accept every year you'll have people in Fair Deal who will sadly pass away and their places will be taken by uh, somebody else. But I don't know how you can limit the number of people on Fair Deal because that's a number you can never predict how many older people are going to need to go into nursing homes, those that are in, how many of them are still hale and hearty and they haven't passed away and their beds can't be used for somebody else. So I'm, I'm a bit stuck on why that number is going to remain static. And also I've no understanding why there's going to be 100,000 fewer people will have medical cards by the end of the year. Now a national service will be established to support people who are post-COVID, those who have long COVID 
but glad to see that this this is being mentioned because that's something we have no idea of how many people have been affected by post-COVID or, or will be affected post-COVID and no idea how many people are suffering from long uh, COVID and how long they're going to be suffering from long COVID and of course something that was announced was announced in the budget last year free contraception that's going to be provided for women for younger women aged 17 to 25 so that's included in the plan the plan commits to restoring the full operation of all cancer services and that's to address what our unprecedented Unprecedented backlogs and delays in diagnosing people with cancer. That, of course, has arised. That's come from the pandemic, but not just the pandemic. What also set the health service back was the cyber attack on the HSC, the IT system, last year. And they say demand for services is projected to grow, they reckon, for cancer services by between 10 and 12 percent this year. And I know I was talking with John Paul. I don't know if we're getting it to it tomorrow or some stage during the week. But I was speaking with uh, John Paul because the Irish Cancer Society have come out very worried about the number of people who are delayed in getting a diagnosis, people who are on waiting lists to get in to see a consultant. And of course, many people then, when they get the diagnosis, they get the diagnosis too late, which is just dreadful, dreadful for the person and dreadful for the family members then that must watch a loved one who maybe could have been saved and maybe would have had a very different outcome from the outcome they're going to have once they get the cancer diagnosis. So a full commitment to restoring the full operation of all cancer services. Also contained in the plan are talks of new elective hospitals for Dublin, Galway and the one here in Cork that we have spoken about on this programme. All of those are going to be progressed. They're also actually giving serious consideration to further elective hospitals in other locations. So we'll keep a close eye on that. Acute beds. They're promising additional 297 acute uh, beds and that's in fulfilment of promises that were made in last year's service plan. There's also going to be a further 19 critical care uh, beds for 2022, which will bring the total provision to 340. As I say, it's the 2022 service plan for the HSE. It gets officially published uh, today. All good news and they publish these service plans, but it's just to make sure that what they put down on paper, that everything that they promise, if we look back on it this time next year, that all of us, they would have met all of the uh, targets because at 21 billion euro, it certainly isn't the case that they don't have money to spend. There's a lot of money going into the health budget. 0818 103 103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. And Joe Heffernan joining us on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And very quickly, somebody's just sent in a text saying, where can I get Joe Heffernan's CD in Mallow? Is it on sale in Mallow? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Danor Centra and um, Danor's uh, and um, Helhi's uh, Super Value. On the main street. The bottom of O'Brien Street. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah not a bad. And funny enough, I just got a phone call this morning from Formoy, someone asking where can we get them. And the answer is Helhi's Centra in Patrick Street and Reardon Super Value down at the end of town. Okay, they're selling well. They're flying. Oh, thank God. Brilliant, it's brilliant. Great. Really brilliant. Yeah. Well done. Well yeah. done. And you want to have a bit of a rant to start with about public transport and Irish Rail in particular. Well, you know, like we're huh. being told by Mr. Ryan and Minister Ryan and all this kind of thing, public transport. There was a son of ours um, coming from Galway and he decided that he'd come across the country uh, by train to Port Harlington and then hitch up with the Dublin Tralee train and I'd collect him in Bantir. Yeah. But when they got to Port Arlington, there's a 40-minute um, uh, wait there, fair enough. But um, the uh, the waiting room was closed. It was snowing. Oh, and God. people were kind of ducking in be, be, beside windows and this and that to try and stay dry and try and stay warm. Um, it's not exactly the way to treat people, really, when it's understood that there is um, a stop in Port Arlington before the other train comes along. Um, and is, yeah, the waiting, is the waiting room closed because of the pandemic or is it, do they not have a wait? They have a waiting room there, don't they? They have a waiting yeah. room, but it was closed. Um, oh, shocking. You know? Shocking, yeah. Um, that's, that's, and to be standing there in the, and in bitter cold. It's and just, in the snow. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it okay. happened to be snowing. Rant over. He was okay anyway, he made it home safe. He did, of course, like um, when I went to collect him in Bantir, there was a tree down and, um, you know, sometimes we have a problem getting into our uh, home or getting out of it. And uh, once again, we have a couple of very good friends and they were on with chainsaws in literally in minutes, fair play to them. Okay, and that happened Um, happened in so so many areas. Yeah, it's a regular it's yeah. a regular. Okay, now we are we started talking last week about addictions and I actually spotted This is the Court Today replay on C103 in the paper today. Now I know this is a very small scale uh, survey but it was done by medical doctors at Beaumont Hospital. They just decided to start asking people who were being treated at the accident and emergency department had they noticed that their drinking had increased during the pandemic and they were shocked to discover that four out of every 10 people that they surveyed admitted that they were all drinking more since the start of the pandemic and boredom and loneliness were cited as the two main reasons. Now, a lot of people would have increased their drinking during the pandemic and hopefully they've eased off again now that we're coming out of the uh, pandemic. But for some, 
if you have, if you're the type of personality, you could fall into addiction fairly quickly. Absolutely. And there are certain kind of, we'll call them uh, character traits. Now, most of them would apply to most of us, you know, but um, if you have a fair combination of them, um, you might uh, be a candidate for being one of the four out of ten um, where it becomes a real problem. Um, for example, um, uh, if a person is, is an impulsive person, if they kind of act before thinking, um, uh, that they don't kind of take a, a step back, as it were, um, and, and that uh, a person who is always into the next new thing, a new hobby, a new purchase, a new um, uh, activity, um, uh, you know, uh, that kind of personality could get caught up in addiction um, rather than someone that would be more thoughtful, more mindful, maybe more a bit um, relaxed, that kind of way. And we all know people like that. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's one hobby today and that will last three or four days and then it's a new tangent and a new big thing and uh, off again. Um, yeah, yeah, that, um, that kind of character trait um, uh, could be, uh, you know, uh, that could be a person who could get into the addiction uh, stage. Okay, we're not saying for about everyone, but it can. Oh, God, no. But, but, no, no, but no, no. Sure, most of us would have... Uh, most of these, um, but if we had them all, like we could be in trouble. Okay, and um, obviously during the pandemic, a lot of people faced stresses and became anxious. Oh, for sure, for sure. I don't know. Is there any one of us that hasn't? Um, I certainly, uh, my old, um, we'll we'll call it um, uh, tolerance uh, level. Uh, would have gone way down, you know. Um, if I can't find me me glasses, um, you know, it's uh, ooh, you know. Um, uh, whereas before all of this, I think I would have been a bit calmer, a bit steadier. Um, I think it's got to a lot of us. Um, uh, you know, I remember there with the the Dahi show, the the Today show at the time, I was talking about post-traumatic stress. Um, And I think we all have some of that now after the, um, uh, after all the turmoil in our lives. I mean, um, you know, the media, ourselves, um, the news, everyone was consumed by... Uh, COVID-19 and the new restrictions and the lifting of restrictions. Do you know, our lives became different. And I think our worldview changed as well. That um, You know where we kind of uh, got into the car and went away to the cinema and enjoyed the film. That became a kind of a real big deal, if it was possible at all. And um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Everything was turned on its head, I think, Patricia. And, yeah, um, and I, but I think it's. I think a lot of these things is having awareness of it and knowing. You know, having an awareness that everybody's. You know, for a lot of people, lives were turned upside down. We were getting touchy. We were getting uh, anxious. We were feeling more uh, stressed, and to almost recognise it. Yeah, because awareness is curative, 
And once you know, once you realise that you maybe need to take a little count to five or even ten, um, when you know that you need to calm down a bit, take it easy, um, uh, when... uh, uh, when kind of uh, a more um, immediate uh, response, maybe an inappropriate um, immediate response, um, to just have a small little think, have a small, take a breath. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I find that um, uh, I, I need to do that, and um, I think most of us will find that our... Um, you know our our uh, our frustration tolerance level uh, has gone way down. Yeah, but it will come um, back. It will, it, uh, will, it will come back. It will come it back. It will come but back. But the important and we will thing, be okay. the important um, thing and is, we will start to adjust now. I mean, I'm hearing about holidays being booked um, uh, and uh, all of that, and um, uh, th- th- that's uh, you know. Uh, a return to normality, which is, um, oh, please God, that's what we will be adjusting to now. But just to be aware that maybe we're not in as good a place as we were um, uh, mentally before all this um, old COVID thing took over the world, you know? Okay, and then for other people who perhaps always suffered with like social anxiety, very shy people. You've got to be careful that and, and you would I would have interviewed people over the years and when you talk about addiction, particularly alcohol addiction and how it started, I, I would have heard people say, I was always a very shy teenager. Suddenly I got introduced to alcohol and my confidence went through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. You we've all heard the old phrase, haven't we? Dutch courage. Yeah. And um if we were going to Red Baron, Dance Hall and Brendan Boyer was belting out the songs and the whole lot and we felt a little bit, um, won't you, I don't know, um, will, I, will I ask you for a dance or won't I? Um, the few points then kind of came into the scene and we, I suppose you could say, we medicated our um, our anxiety and stress and uh, and that was great to start with, but then it became not great at all and a problem. Um so, yeah, yeah, people who would find that they're... Um, I, I've spoken to so many people who would have said to me um, down through the years, you know, I'm grand one-to-one, but put me in a group or a crowd of people, you know, say in a conversation, and the person would say, I tend to go like the the turtle uh, back into my shell, and, uh, and I don't say much at all, and I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, so again, um, you know... Uh, Again, that would be maybe um, a person who, if they found that the um, we'll 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 stick with the alcohol um, and our um, uh, you know cannabis or whatever the usual ones. Although um, uh, I'm finding now in recent years that more and more and more uh, the word cocaine. Is coming up. It's been mentioned, in, um, yeah, yeah. In, in sessions, and if with you people. even speak with the Gardaí when it's drugs halls, it's more and more cocaine has been found. Uh, people yeah. who suffer mood swings are negative self worth. Yeah, yeah. If a, just like you said there a while ago, like if a person has sort of um, a very poor self image, um, 
uh, again, there can be, um, you know, the bit of false um, uh, confidence, the, um, the uh, again, the Dutch courage um, with the few drinks and that. And, um, and that then can become sort of the norm, that if I'm invited somewhere, uh, I, 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 I have my few drinks before I go. Um, and uh, that then goes, uh, uh, gets to be the norm. That's mm. what I do. And, of course, like then, um, maybe as time goes on, it takes more to produce the kind of um, euphoric effect and uh, and and that's the road um, to addiction. You know, um, what about family history of addiction? Is, does it run well, in this families? Well, the thing. I I mean, um, family uh, uh, DNA, um, uh, the old genes. Um, I mean, how many families have we all known where the grandfather had a fierce problem with alcohol? Uh, the grandson now is doing the same. And uh, so um, I know there's been a lot of research done about, um, you know, uh, the the genealogical um, uh, uh, investigations about, we'll say, alcoholism. And uh, I think that is definitely... Um, uh, a factor without well, well, a I doubt think, I think in, um, in this country in particular I don't think there's any family can put their hand up and say there's been nobody in this family that hasn't been touched by addiction to alcohol I couldn't, couldn't yeah. agree more absolutely okay. and then there's always an uncle a grandparent someone yeah it's, but, but it's for people to accept that they're addicted that's how they can get off the slippery slope isn't it oh absolutely the minute a person walks in the door of, um, say, um, the office of a person in my own line of work or their GP and says, I have a problem, they're 50% there. They're on the way to recovery because, um, the, the, you know, once, once the person realizes and can share that they have a problem, well, then, um, uh, you know, recovery becomes... Uh, much, much, much more likely and much more likely to succeed. Um, I think these old addictions are like mushrooms, you know, they grow in the dark. And when you bring them out into the light of day, and there's always, I mean, I have known people who have been addicted to A, B, C, D, E, F, and, you know, they've recovered. They've recovered completely um, one day at a time. Um, they're, they're managing the addiction simply by... Uh, not doing the behaviour, which is the addictive behaviour, or not indulging in the substance, which is um, the more usual when we use the word addiction. We normally think about um, drinking drugs and that. But, you know, the um, uh, the gambling now is a huge one. I, I read an article this morning um, where... Um, uh, a lot of females yeah. are now presenting with uh, gambling problems and that wasn't the case at all but that's with all the online um, uh, casinos and all that And again we're back to the pandemic with people finding more time on their hands, boredom and loneliness and unfortunately as we've been talking about if they had any sort of a predisposition to having an addictive personality you can fall into that route very easily unless you have an awareness of it absolutely without a doubt 
Yeah. And being yeah. addicted to more than one thing is very common. Well, you often hear about people what we'll call switching addictions. Yeah. You often hear about the, the person who gave up the alcohol and then um, uh, it went from having a couple of bets um, on a match or whatever to um, a full-blown... Um, gambling addiction. Uh, gambling addiction. Okay. Because, oh. as you say, the addictive personality... Is there. Okay, we have to leave it there. Just Mike in Bantry says, uh, to, with the easing of your touchiness, to get out for more walks. Keep up the walking. That's <laughs> I think he's spot on. I think he is too. Listen, yeah. have a good week and I love to Mary yeah. and thanks a million for joining us on the programme. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning to you. Good afternoon to you. That is uh, Joe Heffernan, who runs a counselling practice in Bohaboy. His number is 086-834-8145. 086-834-8145. And that's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Witcher for the afternoon. Talk to you tomorrow. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.